What's up, everybody? You are listening to Come On Man, a 3% Man podcast. I'm your host, Paul Bauer, and I am on the road to being a 3% man just like you. If you're new to the show, this is a podcast for fellow students of Corey Wayne's book, How to Be a 3% Man, and for men who just want to be better in general. We talk about dating, gaining wealth, being happy, and using the law of attraction to get everything we want in life. Welcome back to another great episode. If you haven't done it yet, please subscribe and give us a five-star review. It really helps us out in the ratings. All right. This week, I have 3% brother Guy Gustafson on from Israel to discuss Rolo Tomasi's philosophy, as well as the difference between the red pill and the black pill. The red pill being the understanding of the nature and psychology of women, and the black pill being bitter and negative about the nature and psychology of women. All of that will be coming up right after this word from this week's sponsor. If you're struggling to lose weight, you've probably heard about weight loss medications like Wigovi or ZepBound, and you might be wondering if they're right for you. Meet Plush Care, a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. If you qualify, they can safely prescribe you medication from the comfort of your own home. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Plushcare.com slash weight loss. I'm not sure what you're doing tonight, but what I'm doing involves a bottle of Carvassier and a lady. Well, maybe not the Carvassier, but definitely a lady. If you're like me, you're tired of expensive, girly smelling colognes from expensive department stores. You don't want to smell like a little bitch. You want to smell like a friggin' man. That's why I've partnered with Duke Cannon. Duke Cannon has a wide range of men's grooming products that actually smell manly as hell. My personal favorites are their Naval Supremacy Bar Soap and all of their awesome smelling colognes that women love. I have several of their colognes for different days of the week, but my Saturday night cologne is Grant because it gets the job done, if you know what I mean. Right now, if you visit duke.comeonmanpod.com, you get free shipping on orders over $25. Using duke.comeonmanpod.com tells them I sent you and you get free shipping. Win-win. Again, that's duke.comeonmanpod.com. Don't smell like a little bitch. All right, I have Guy Gustafson joining me from Israel. <laughs> What's up, Guy? Man, I'm a big fan, long-time listener, first-time caller, you know, I love this show. <laughs> oh, man, uh, that's all bullshit. We all know that. Um, <laughs> now I'm a regular listener. Well, I do believe that, but uh, <laughs> no, it's funny because the reason why we're having our, our uh, this show today is because uh, you mentioned, so you were listening to the the podcast that released this week. So at the time of this recording, that was the one with Sean Griffin, right? The Yeah, that's right. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. About yeah. trucking and uh, teenage yeah. daughters and stuff like that. Yeah, I had something to say about that too, but I didn't want to get involved because like, I'm not a father. So like, you know, oh. <laughs> I, I, I have to withhold my opinion on that, but definitely that got me thinking. Oh, okay. Um, but yeah. Well, we can but talk about super... that if you want. Um, yeah, I mean, I guess we could get into it, you know, but it was the, really the super the, the red pill the super red pill that was the stuff that was really the thing that kind of uh you know like it bothered me a little bit you know sure and i think it's just because like you know in my uh 
I, I'm very precise with my words generally, you know? Um, and so I don't know. I just like kind of feel like I don't, you know, I don't like when things are misrepresented or like, uh, you know, kind of distorted or whatever. And I thought, you know, I mean, you invited me on here and I thought it'd be a great chance to like kind of clear that, uh, clear that concept up, you know? No, I, I agree too. So I'll, I'll, I'll tell you, um, or just to sort of better explain for everyone else listening. So in that episode, uh, if you guys haven't listened to it, you should go back and listen to it. Uh, I was talking to Sean and the way Sean and I got acquainted with each other uh, in the 3% man Facebook group is he was just going through a really bad breakup. So a, a, not every guy, but a lot of guys I've seen on the page get really bitter about women, especially if like, you know, there's some infidelity going on or whatever. And then it compounds when some of these guys get out of a, a, you know, they have a bad breakup and then they read like the rational mail Mm -hmm. and they take that information, which is really good information to know. And they sort of, they sort of use it and uh, you know, it makes them even more bitter towards women. Right. And so Sean was one of those guys that, Mm -hmm was very negative at first on the page and he would say stuff like oh you know she's she's not yours it's just your turn and that kind of stuff which <laughs> which, which which i feel uh, is uh not always helpful to bring up because i mean if you think about it yeah if you mm-hmm. think about it it goes both ways like we're not hers it's just her yeah. turn as well it's kind of bullshit um it's interesting on that particular point because you know yeah. i've always been you know kind of averse to that particular term i i just think it's very discouraging you know and like you know a guy a guy is like you know t- telling his like you know success and he, he's feeling great and it's just like oh no i gotta I got knock you down a peg right there it's yes it's, she's not yours just, it's not your t- it's just your turn you know and like that to me is like i just don't like the undercutting aspect of that but something that i listened to recently and Roll tomasi did a uh, podcast on this very recently it was like the last one or the one before that on she's not your uh like that that phrase like you know she's not yours it's just your turn yeah and and i didn't listen to the whole thing but i listened to like a an earlier version by ryan stone like he did a 20 minute thing he's got on youtube about that and the way he explains it is a very uh much more like you know uh it's a much more like calmer version of like understanding that and but but the thing is i think and this is i think the issue that you know i like where it comes to this super real red pill stuff is that you know like when people are in these kind of frustrated states and they're like you know and they're angry and bitter like like whatever they see they take to the most negative extreme you know they take things into like the uh the the, the grossest version possible you know mm-hmm. Yeah. And just like, uh, so when you see something discouraging and undercutting like that, you know, it's, it, but it, it can actually mean something a lot, you know, more, uh, uh, realistic, you know, but that's usually not where people's minds go, including mine many times. Got it. Yeah. So, so yeah, I mean, t- from what I've seen on the page, uh, there was a lot of guys that, uh, who that I would, the reason why I started saying the super red pill type mm-hmm is because a lot of the guys that were like that, that come on the page, they're very bitter. They talk about women like they're hoes and disposable. Mm -hmm. They quote 
Rolo Tomasi all the time. And mm-hmm, so mm-hmm. Um, I'm just like, Jesus, you know, like, so I started looking at the, I, the whole idea of being red pilled as kind of negative mm-hmm. And yeah. until, and then I, and, and, but then I finally was like, you know what, I'm going to, I've got to listen to the rational male. I finally uh, did listen to the first one anyway. And mm-hmm. he, I mean, he, he makes some very good points and it's a very good book. And, yeah. uh, and you, on the other hand, like you, I feel like took Rolo Tomasi and it's almost like, you're like, this is the best fucking book ever written. And you, you read all of his books and you like, yeah. listen to his mm-hmm. podcasts and you watch his YouTube yeah. videos. So yeah. you, you, mm-hmm. you are, I would say, uh, I defer to you as more of a Rolo expert than me. Cause I've only ever listened, just listened to his first book. So, yeah, I have to say like, although, you know, I entered this thing through uh, coach Corey Wayne, like, I really feel that I found my place with Rolo Tomasi. Like that was the thing where I just feel like it just cleared up my vision, like nothing else. And like, again, like coach Corey Wayne was a huge stepping stone for me, like leading me in that direction. Um, and I still think, you know, a lot of what the coach has to say, and, and I, I don't really have anything to disagree with the coach, except one thing that me and you kind of agree on already is the way of the superior man. You know, we're both like seem to be the only two guys in the group who are not fans of that book, you know? Um, But like, I, you know, I, I don't, I don't think what Rolo says discounts what coach Corey Wayne says. And also coach Corey Wayne recommends and says that everybody should read the rational mail. It's just (laughs) that he hadn't read the rational mail by the time that he wrote uh, his book. Uh, But for me, like, you know, um, Like I, you know, like many of us, you know, I always had this like desire for a girlfriend and like, you know, and, and this, and of course, coming from this aspect of like being saved, you know, like, like a mommy kind of uh, figure. And, and when I read coach Corey Wayne, that kind of mommy figure kind of thing started to dissipate, you know, Mm -hmm. but I still hung on to that, like idealization of a girlfriend and that it was like a need, you know? Yeah. And reading Rolo Tomasi's work, uh, really like totally shifted my uh, paradigm. And, you know, I'm not like, you know, I'm not against LTRs or this or that. And, you know, but at the moment, uh, in my mind, the LTR thing is out for me. And that might be a good thing because I could have changed my mind in the future. Yeah. And one of the things that Rolo says is like, you know, uh, most people start going to red pill uh, trying to achieve blue pill goals, you know? Okay. Uh, and so the thing is like, this is not, that's not the reason that I took this position. It's that I was really became convinced that there's no reason for me to, uh, to need a girlfriend anymore because like, you know, I have, I have pr- really good high quality friends in my life right now, mm-hmm. you know? And like, I haven't, we start, me and uh, some friends started a men's group and like, and you know, like before, you know, what I would do in the past, if I had a girlfriend or this or that, I'd bring her all my problems and all this drama and bullshit and whatever. And a lot of times I had chosen these or these girls had chosen me, but they were very like, you know, I hate this term codependent, but like, you know, they were kind of sick, you know? Okay. Uh, so you know, I, I, um, I don't know this, this kind of like really broke me out of like, like that, like, okay, I got really cool guys in my life right now. Whenever I have a problem or whatever, I, you know, I, I bring it to the group, 
I talk with uh, talk it out with the guys, you know. Yeah. And so for me, like in my position, especially where I'm at in my life right now, it seems like like sex is the only like order of real business here, you know. Um, and of course, listen, if some girl came to me like if, and if she really proved herself or I mean, not just prove like if, if she made herself super fucking desirable for an LTR situation, I can't say what I would do given this situation or that situation. I haven't thought everything through 100 percent, but this is kind of where I'm at right now. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, I don't think there's anything there's anything wrong with that. Um, I, yeah, yeah. So I, I was I think I was kind of as similar. Um, I was always like uh, like Rolo talks about. Um, I always had that sniper mentality when it came to mm-hmm, dating. Mm-hmm. I would yeah. only go after one woman at a time. I yeah. focus all my attention on her, and then mm-hmm. you know if she didn't text me back, like I would have like anxiety and fucking panic attacks. Like what? Why isn't she oh. written me back? And oh my god, you know I'd, my heart would be pounding Dude. and stuff like that. And then when yeah, she yeah. finally did text me back, I'd be like, oh, the love of my life, you know. And um, Dude, I yeah yeah. And then it, it wasn't until this year, after mm-hmm. reading like Atomic Attraction, um, No More yeah. Mister Nice Guy, Dating Essentials mm-hmm. for Men, Three yeah. Percent Man, stuff like that, that I started realizing that that is the absolute worst fucking way to date. <laughs> yes, absolutely. Yeah, yeah, it really, it, you know, it really is. And, uh, you know, like that, like, you know, I come from a place that is a little bit even further than where you were, you know, mm-hmm. and like, uh, I'll kind of explain it. And it's getting very personal. But like, and, and part of me, it's hard. Like, part of me doesn't want to go into this area. Uh, because of like, you know, the personal details. But another part of me is like, uh, you know, like I, I'm, in many ways, it's more important to me that other guys benefit from my mistakes and like, you know, errors of my past uh, than it is for me to hold on to like extreme privacy issues, you know. And so like when I was, you know, a teenager, like I grew up with a single mom and I grew up in a extremely physically and psychologically abusive uh, household. Uh, my father was a, had an addiction to alcohol. Uh, he was hardly around. And when he was, he just raised hell up, to, up until I was about age 10 when mom kicked him out of the house, you know. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, when I started getting into I mean, everybody gets into girls around the same age, you know, about 13 years old, your hormones start getting into what kicking into gear or whatever. And like, you know, I wasn't really fortunate. Like, you know, I lost my virginity, virginity at the age of 17, you know, uh, and, um, and like, you know, and then I, I got like this first girlfriend or whatever, like she was really like a single mom. She was really fucking crazy or whatever. And, but I like, like she, like, like I like the situation was so crazy because she was like with my best friend and then she came on to me and you know I just went with her and it was really fucking really fucking weird shit and like and then like she disposed of me real just as fast as she disposed of him you know mm-hmm. and I got like really fucking heartbroken like you know like just just crying and like really fucking sick and all this kind of shit you know mm-hmm. and I was I had a very stalkerish mentality back then. And like, I did a lot of stalker type things, you know, like, like when you grow up in such a warped environment, like your lens on life is so distorted, you know, like it's taken me years and years of reading all these kind of books and talking with people to, to just finally snap out of this kind of stuff, you know? Yeah. 
And so like, like, I know that like that feeling of like, you know, like, okay, zeroing in on one girl, but to the point of like harassment and like, you know, and, and just like total obsession. And even with girls that I hadn't gone out with and it was really fucking sick, you know, like, like I had, like, I've always had, you know, a pretty good personality. I've always been able to make friends very quickly and all this kind of stuff. So like, you know, like my guy friends are watching this from the sideline you know and any other creep who's doing this kind of behavior they're like oh why no fucking way we want to associate with you you know but at the same time like i've got this like really fucking like you know broken side to me but at the other time uh on the other side i have like this really great person like i'm really good at getting along with the guys you know and Mm -hmm. so they like 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 that value of being a friend was higher to them than my uh you know uh What's the opposite of value? Like disvalue? I don't even think that's a word. Whatever. Like I, my disvalue, I'll just use that for now. Somebody can correct us later. Sure. Uh, <laughs> of, of, of being a like stalkerish kind of, uh, you know, obsessive kind of guy, you know? Yeah. Got uh, it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, uh, so you find, you finally uh, cl- or clearly snapped out of that, that phase, huh? Yeah, well, yeah, I absolutely did, you know, and, uh, and like, you know, and it really happened when I was like, actually about the age of 30, uh, like uh, 29 to 30 or whatever, where I actually had a girlfriend here in Israel that I was with for, we lived together, and it was about a year, and I was really like, super like i was drinking really hard like smoking a lot of weed like doing a lot of drugs and like i was blacking out all the time and like she was really needy but and that's what kept her bound to me but then she ended up leaving me she she had she she was so like it was just like she had epilepsy she hadn't had seizures for like seven years right Mm -hmm. and she was starting to have seizures again you know and like uh and and she just had to bolt leave the relationship (laughs) i get it now you know of course but like like, man, like, like I, I thought I had, like, I thought like, you know, oh, I'm Mr. Cool, whatever, like nothing I could do could fuck this up. And like, she'll always like, you know, like come back to me or whatever. And she did for the most part until she didn't. And when that happened, I fell right into that back like stalker mentality, like, you know, real fucking sick shit, like police reports were filed and all this kind of stuff, you know? And like, like, are we talking about like hiding out in the bushes and stuff? Like, what are we talking about? It's, it's like sending like threatening letters and like, just really, you know, mm. like it's really, really, really nasty shit, you know? And uh, I'm glad you snapped was, out of that. That's not. Oh, <laughs> fuck. Yeah. Oh no, no. It's dude. That is the worst man. Like, like you don't want to fuck it. Like that's, there's no fucking low you can get to that's worse than that, you know? Mm-hmm. And so you know, like, uh, what do you call it? Like, like that was my like major pivot point where I was like, I don't like who I am right now. I don't like this. I don't want to be this anymore. And so I started like getting into like, kind of like self-improvement stuff and whatever, but there was nothing around, at least to my awareness at the time that was so strong as like coach Corey Wayne and like uh Ro Tomasi to really like set the record straight in my mind. And so, like, what ended up happening, like, you know, fast forward, you know, 10 plus 12 years later, I become, I'm religious now. I ended up getting ended up getting married to this woman who was a lesbian and um, and it didn't last even a few days. Um, I, you know, I 
like she left me and I was like, like it, it I, I'd never got the chance to fall in love, but like, like, like still, you know, all the rabbis in the yeshiva, which is a uh, institutional for like Torah, which is Bible study for like very in-depth stuff for those people who don't know here. Uh, and like all the rabbis there were telling me and they were feeding me all this like blue pill stuff, you know, like, like keeping, like I was ready to break free and just move on, but they were giving, feeding me lines like, you know, Oh, it's a man's job to chase the woman and like, and all this kind of stuff that is totally incorrect according to everything we know today and maybe it worked back then but it doesn't now mm -hmm. and so like you know after this like finally didn't work out and they they couldn't go like they stopped being able to goad me into like continuing to pursue her and i ended up uh you know uh, moving on i wanted to like start dating again you know but i was going to see a therapist who was you know recommended to me from one of the rabbis at the yeshiva and i and i went to him and i said listen man i'm afraid to start dating again OK, like I have a real hard time dealing with rejection. And so I was looking for this guy to like give me like this therapist to give me like really like, you know, like solid advice. Right. Yeah. And and, and all he says is, oh, well, you know, you just you, you're just going to have to like learn how to like 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 feel that and just like move forward with it. You know, mm -hmm. And I'm sitting there and I'm like, what the, are you? what the fuck did you just say are you serious like 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 that's it was such a non-solution to me you know yeah and so i ended up going home it's like i'm sorry I, I, didn't, I didn't mean to interject yeah. i just uh my sure that reminded me of my uh my mm -hmm. last long-term relationship i had this uh this girlfriend and she was really good at roller skating and she mm -hmm. used to teach roller skating on the weekends and i've never been able to do it and one time she went to teach me how to <laughs> roller skate and I'm sucking at it so bad. And she's like, just do this, you know, like, like it's something that's really easy with my feet. And I was like, yeah, I can't just fucking do that. Like, <laughs> you can't tell me, you can't be out here trying to show me how to do this and just tell me, be good at this. Like that doesn't yeah, work. It, it's like the pull yourself up by the bootstraps, you know, just like, just get through it. Like, you know, it's yeah. all the, like those tropes that like those meaningless tropes that like make the person who like is giving advice feel good. And the person who's taking it feel like they're like totally not being listened to, you know? Yes, exactly. <laughs> So like I ended up uh, like going back to my yeshiva dorm and I ended up putting into Google, uh, into YouTube, how to deal with rejection. Mm. And one of the first videos that came up, at least the first video that I clicked on was Coach Corey Wayne. And when he started talking and by the time I got through that video, like my head spun and I was like, holy shit, like this is a totally new perspective. How could I have not seen this before? You yeah. know? And I wasn't yet at the place of like Roll Tomasi yet. I'd heard Roll Tomasi for years, you know? Mm -hmm. And like, uh, you know, because like I, I've read the game, I've read a lot of the pickup artist books. I never got into pickup artistry, but I always found it a very interesting subject, uh, just like as a character study, a psychological kind of, uh, you know, uh, issue. And sure. so, you know, like, uh, so, so but by this, but, but, but already like things were changing in me, you know? Yeah. And all of a sudden, like I was feeling like, oh, wait, like, all right, I have to, I have to actually do things except uh, aside from just wanting things to get 
what I want, you know, like, like it's, it's like my past modality was like, okay, the more that I want the girl, you know, the more that my heart is hungering for her. And if I just tell her, but don't you understand? I love you. Like as if that was enough to attract her to me, you know, this was a different paradigm of like, no, no, no. Like, like you got to have your shit together and you, you have to like, you know, you, you have to work for this and you have to maintain it kind of, uh, you know, perspective was something nobody had ever educated me on. I'd never heard this before. You yeah. Know? Yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm kind of the same way. So I, I think 99% of us learn relationships from our parents. Yeah. You know, what we mm-hmm, see mm-hmm. and my parents, yeah. they're, they're still, they're still married, but like their relationship is pretty fucking toxic my dad's kind of a dick um (laughs) yeah i love i love my Mm -hmm. dad but but like he he kind of treats my mom like shit and uh like (laughs) yesterday i went to a volleyball game for my daughter and my mom's there and my mom's just sitting there just unloading on me about all the shit that my dad does and how passive aggressive he is and whatever and i'm just like wow fuck mom sorry you know (laughs) but so like that, so then like when she talks to me about that stuff, like I, I it, it's in my head now having read all these books, like, well, mm-hmm. shit, no wonder all my past relationships failed. I learned this yeah. shit from my dad and yeah, yeah it mm-hmm. was really like Corey Wayne that taught me, uh, you know, that the courtship never ends. Like if mm-hmm, you're going mm-hmm. to have a long-term relationship, like you have to put in the work, you have to always do what you've done from the beginning, you have to date your woman, you know, you, mm-hmm. you don't like, don't put her on a pedestal, but yeah, but ha- hang out, have fun, hook up, you know, like mm-hmm. you got to do that throughout the relationship. Yeah. And, and that's what women need. Otherwise they'll fucking move on and find someone that will. Exactly. Absolutely. You know, and, and really like, it's so uh, antagonistic and the, opposite of everything we've been taught you know like like love is the answer you know it's and and when they're always talking about love is the answer it's always like the the feminized but also like the modern day male perspective on love that that my male romantic love is the same as a woman's opportunistic love and this is where like the thing i don't say any of this stuff in a negative way because like that opportunity although it sounds cold and callous and all that kind of stuff that opportunistic love is like it's just like where do we get these ideas in our head heads that like you know like like a a term like opportunistic love is negative you know Mm -hmm. like that's not a negative thing that's a positive thing you know And I think that's where we get into the place of like where we're so much because so much male conditioning is 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 like, uh, you know, dictated by these terms that, you know, men can't help of view things in any other way. So the moment they hear opportunistic love, they they immediately like label opportunistic. uh, That's bad. But it's like says yeah. who that's bad, you know, <laughs> right. Yeah, I so, say that's bad. <laughs> so I look at um, getting back to like Rolo's book and stuff. Um, mm-hmm. y- you know, he basically yeah. points out that kind of that kind of situation that women are are sort of opportunistic. They're looking for yeah. a guy to fill certain needs. And mm-hmm. um, and yeah, and I agree. It's not bad. It's just how it is. Yeah, it's just the, the reality. So, um, which is what, one of the reasons why I like Corey's book is because he explains how to basically how to navigate those waters so that mm-hmm. 
you can have a healthy relationship under those circumstances. You know what I mean? So, Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. um, so that's, so getting back to the, what I used to, what I used to, I'm going to say used to guy refer to Mm -hmm. as super red pill guys is, uh, you know, it's like taking what Rolo says and and turning it into a a negative doesn't help anybody taking Mm -hmm, what Rolo mm -hmm. says, understanding the nature of women and then applying Corey's principles helps everybody. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. But so, but when people, when guys get into that, you know, negative frame and they're viewing everything through a negative lens, um, you know, like that doesn't make red pill become super red pill. It means that the red pill has been viewed through a distorted lens. And from what I'm understanding now, this is being termed as the black pill. Yeah, you um, sent me a, I, a, a video about yeah, it. I watched it last the, night. It was actually pretty, it's a, pretty good. Yeah, it's a new term new term for me. Like, you know, uh, I just uh, fell upon it when I sent you that, that link. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, like that, that like, you know, uh, like negative uh, lens or whatever, like, you know, like, again, like, this also goes back to like, kind of like the studies that I did in Judaism, where you had this like really rationalist thinking, not really, you had this rational, you see, I already made that mistake right now. I said really rationalist thinker, right? Yeah. Okay. But he was a rationalist thinker. Okay. Yeah. And he was. 100% rational. He didn't view anything in other, any other terms, you know? And I kept hearing people say, Oh, the Rambam, he's like this ultra rationalist, super rationalist. And I don't remember where I heard it from. I don't remember if it came from me or from somebody else, but it was like, Hey, wait a second. There's no such thing as super rationalist. There's no such thing as extra rational. There's yeah. only rational and irrational. Either something ra- is rational or it's irrational. And I kind of view the red pill as the same thing. Either something's red pill or it's not red pill. And there's mm-hmm. no levels to it. There's no like super red pill, you know, like, like the, like once you go into like, you know, like anger, hatred and hostility, all of a sudden, like, oh, we've, we've gone like to like uh, red pill plus plus, you know, like it's, <laughs> yeah. it, it, it doesn't make any sense to me, you know? Uh, and, and I think it harms the, the message and like the, uh, the spreading of it out there because like, you know, anybody who hears this super, like the term super red pill, like it could put them off from actually uh, investigating it, you know? Yeah. And, and like, you know, like I, I, I kind of told you the story before that, like, you know, when I was in, uh, actually, I think it was actually in my late teens. I don't even think I was in my early twenties. I went through this stage of like, like, like really virile, like, uh, like misogyny. Like I was like, you know, I don't really remember what happened at that time, but I think I was really just fed up with like, you know, being denied by women. I had a girlfriend that she didn't leave me. I left her, but then, you know, I found out that like, you know, when you have a girlfriend, like back then, especially in that mentality, you think you can get anything you want, you know? And then when they're gone, you're like, Oh, this isn't as easy as I thought it would be. And so, um, and so like, I think I was just like really frustrated and I just got into this like modality of like, of, of, of like very strong hatred towards women. I was talking all this trash about them and none of this stuff existed back then. There was no, you know, red pill, Roll Tomasi, Corey Wayne, any, any of this stuff didn't exist. This is the late, uh, late nineties, you know, maybe 1998, you know? 
And so like, you know, like, like when I hear that, you know, okay, yeah, guys read Rolo Tomasi after going through a breakup, after going through like, you know, like some, some hurt or being cheated on, like walking in on their girl with some other guy or whatever. And then they, they read the rational mail and they, they, they start hating on women, all that kind of stuff to me, because I've already been there before that these books ever existed. Uh, I, I, I kind of see it in this way that like, no. It's not the rational male. It's like it's it's that 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 circumstance led that person to hate like to be angry and hate on women, regardless whether they would have read the rational male or not. But they just happen to read it at that time. So they just use it as a vehicle to uh, to like, you know, a channel their hatred and, and, and venom out. And it's it's that kind of thing of like, you know, like I explained this to you in in chat, like, you know, like like when you like a lot of the most violent, like like, you know, uh, situations happen with the most like inane, you know, violent, like non weapons, you know, like people use bottles, like whatever they can grab, you know, whatever they can grab. That's the nearest to them when they're the most pissed off and they want to fuck somebody up like staplers on the table. I'm grabbing that. Bam. Hit somebody in the head, you know? And and so these guys are hurt. They're angry. They've been fucked over by a woman as so they perceive or whatever. And they grab onto the rational male. And it's like this. They weaponize it. You know, the rational male. It's not weaponized. The red pill is not weaponized. It doesn't come pre weaponized. Humans, men weaponize it when they're in that frame of mind and had the rational male been around when i was in my late teens i would have weaponized that just like i weaponized other things at that time got it yeah that makes sense speaking you know that when you were talking about uh people just grabbing the whatever is convenient that reminds me of uh my great-grandfather i didn't really i didn't know him he passed away before uh before i could meet him but I, i remember one summer my mom dropped me off uh, my mom used to bring me over for like a week or two drop me off at my uh, my grandparents house and I would stay there for a week or so and I, I was out working uh, doing some kind of chore for my grandpa and my grandpa mm-hmm. was telling me how basically what a son of a bitch his dad was you know <laughs> yeah. and mm-hmm. how he used to he said we're we were uh my grandpa was a cheapskate. So he was having me take barbed wire and remove the slick wire from it so that he had a strand of barbed wire and a strand of slick wire just to say, what? Do you believe that shit? Oh my anyway, God. So he's having me do that. And I'm like, okay. And he goes, he goes, Oh, I remember one time when uh, your great uncle Lee, his, his brother did something that pissed his dad, his, you know, my great grandfather off. And he goes, so, the great he goes your he goes my my dad grabbed whatever he could reach for and it happened to be a piece of barbed wire and he beat the shit out of my my great uncle with barbed wire wow. and he still has like scars yeah. on him mm-hmm. from like from that attack and i was yeah. like holy shit i was like your dad did that he's like yeah that's just how it was back then really <laughs> really <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah. i don't think that's yeah. just how it was back then that it was just <laughs> in your household maybe but 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 also just not that. It's, it, it, of course, like you're totally right about like okay, yeah, that's not really how it was back then. But also, if you like you're saying here, like if you think of the using the barbed wire, how who the fuck would premeditate using barbed wire in an attack? You know, yeah. it was the closest thing at the time during that 
super emotional anger. Nothing correct about what happened, but that's just that's just the fact of the matter. If there was something else, a sword, a gun, you know, if, God forbid, you know, it could have, you know, but, but or a fork or whatever, anything could have been used at that time. The barbed wire was the closest thing. Yeah. Yeah, that's actually a really good metaphor you bring up. So um, you've been so you've been you've read all of Rollo's books. He's got three books. Yes, that's right. Yeah, yeah. Um, I read them. Uh, I don't know how I like we, we could check our chat messages uh, to see when I started reading them. But I really I don't think it's I think it's been a, a month or maybe a month and a half. Okay. And I read all three books in succession uh, immediately one after the other, you know? Yeah. And this is where I feel that like, you know, where Corey Wayne took me uh, like Rolo Tomasi took me to the end to like, where like, I felt like, like all the pieces of the puzzle fit in and that all, all that mentality of like, you know, needing a woman to like, you know, like to, uh, to have self-esteem to like, you know, to be somebody or this or that, it just starts all by the wayside. It's like, like now it's not even a consideration for me. Uh, that the only thing that I think about is sex, you know, like, and, and, uh, again, I'm not opposed to LTRs if I, you know, and I'm not going to say I'll never get into one, but I just can't see, I don't see any need or reason to, uh, want one, you know, and I actually see re- good reason to, to avoid it now yeah. uh but you know like in the case of having children i totally think there's a very valid reason for having an ltr but like you know if I'm, i don't plan on having kids i i, I don't i don't see that and yeah. also my situation in life like you know that that's i just man i have good friends like i, I have everything i need emotionally taken care of like for the most part you know i don't see how a woman can can do can add any benefit to that for me see like so my uh opinion is uh, Mm because i like i like long-term relationships like i i've always Mm -hmm. liked it and i and i sort of got into three percent man and stuff like that to uh Mm -hmm. see if i could learn how to have a successful successful one because yeah, uh-huh. I, I've you know I've I've been married. I I was married for fourteen years. That failed. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, my, yeah. My, my last long term relationship was four and a half years. That mm-hmm. eventually mm-hmm. fucking failed. And so I got to a point this year where I was like, "What the fuck am I doing wrong? There's something I am doing <laughs> yeah, wrong yeah. where I mm-hmm. just can't keep these women like I can't keep their interest." And it really, I feel like in in retrospect, reading these books. Uh, self-evaluation realizing I just get complacent. I get to a point where I, yeah. I try really, you know, I try really hard to woo these women. I'm super romantic. And then I just get comfortable and mm-hmm. I stop yeah. taking yeah. them on dates. I feel like just us being mm-hmm. together is, mm-hmm. is enough and it's not enough, you know? And, yeah, I agree with you. Mm-hmm. And so, I, but, but I do like, I really do like the company of a woman. Like mm-hmm. I like doing fun things with women outside of sex. I mean, sex is yes. just a bonus. Uh-huh, uh-huh. But uh-huh, uh-huh. like, for instance, uh, Marine Corps chick came over last night, and yeah. we mm-hmm. we uh, we were drinking um, hot cocoa with peppermint schnapps and watching horror, <laughs> horror movies. 
like okay, that, uh-huh. that's sort of like my idea of heaven, mm-hmm. just curling up on the couch yeah. with my woman and, and mm-hmm, watching a good mm-hmm. movie or something, you know? And yeah, guy, guy friends are, are, are great. And I feel like uh, men absolutely need to have a good relationship with other men. But mm-hmm, mm-hmm. for me, like, I like that companionship with, with women. I, I wouldn't, yeah. I could not just do a purely sexual relationship situation. But yeah, some guys you. can. Some guys can. So no, I, I hear you. And like, you know, I, I again, like I think it's a personal thing from one person to another. And also like how a person feels about something one day might not be how they feel about it another day uh, or, you know, a year in the future or a few years in the future or whatever. Uh, and also like, listen, like, you know, like you're in a great place in your life right now where like, you know, like, like men, you've got everything like going for you in terms of like being able to secure like a long term an LTR and like the only thing you were missing was really like the co- stuff that coach Corey Wayne is uh, was talking about you know yeah. and so like I, I I could totally understand uh understand that uh you know like that 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 want and like and and if that's comfortable for you and that's what you know like the thing that like you know the driving force of like uh the re- like you know I, I know never want to say like you know like like the driving force like like you know men should never make women their like you know their goal but like as like a compliment to your life that you feel that a girlfriend is that thing like i can't debate that with you like i can't say like oh no you're wrong you know and i'm right like right like, that's yeah. good. that's right for you in your place in life right now and this is what's right for me in my place in life right now and who knows if my uh, life and circumstances change you know uh it could totally change but i but at least at this point in my life i just i like none of that romanticism that you are talking about like really appeals to me anymore yeah. The only thing that really, and maybe if you finished all three rational male books, it would change too. I don't know. But like uh, the only thing that like, I really see the downside, two things that I see the downside with like not having an LTR and just like spinning plates or whatever is that like, you know, the major one is uh, well, they're both sex related, but like when you have a, you know, LTR girlfriend, like, like, the sex just keeps getting better and better. Like as it goes on, as long as it's still intense, you know, like the more you get to know like the other person's body and they get to know yours and like the familiarity of it, like, like new sex is always awkward. You know, like I've never had a, 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 like a situation of sex with a woman where like everything just felt natural, just like diving into it for the first time. It was always a learned experience. And so if you're bouncing around from one girl to another, whatever, like then it's kind of like, okay, like, you know, like you're never going to get that familiarity, you know, and that's a big disadvantage to not have that for me. The other disadvantage is condoms. Mm -hmm. Like when, you know, when, when spinning plates, like, okay, you don't like, listen, I caught a std from my neighbor like 13 years ago you know like i went over i fucked her one single time and i got i I got an std Mm -hmm. and like 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 that sucks because i fucked her without a condom and fucking with a condom sucks versus fucking without a condom and when you're in an ltr 
then you have you you can have sex with that your girlfriend without a condom and you can feel like safe for the most part you know like your percentages of like of being you know std free are much higher than if you're like you know like screwing like tons of girls like spinning plates and and and, and sticking your dick in all like you know you, sometimes a septic tank that you don't know is a septic tank uh, <laughs> yeah, so yeah. so so like you know like 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 you know condom sex to me sucks so much versus like non-condom sex so when you have a regular girlfriend like you know whether she's using the pill or pull out method like you can do have sex every single time without a condom and that is almost fucking worth it to me that sounds great you know yeah so one of the things that i really like about uh cory wayne's book and dating essentials for men talks about it too a little bit but basically Mm -hmm. whatever your goal is you can accomplish it right like if your goal is to be a a a permanent plate spinner then you can fucking do that like do that then um if you eventually want to get to a long-term relationship he teaches he tells you like okay well once you get into a relationship this is how you talk to your woman and stuff like that one of the things Mm -hmm. that i feel is um is a benefit of plates being a permanent plate spinner is Mm -hmm. you never have to like listen to a woman's bitching and and, Mm -hmm. and, and sort of be there to be like you know tell me more you know don't leave anything out you don't have to do any of that shit because (laughs) and there's also no heartbreak right right yeah and then yeah and then if you have like multiple women in a rotation if one drops out it's like who gives a shit you know i've got fucking mm-hmm. four other chicks but yeah yeah um yeah. so there, there that's one of the definitely one of the benefits of of plate spinning mm-hmm. is you don't have to put so much work in i think the where the work comes in with plate spinning is you are constantly having to get new women into your rotation and, mm-hmm, and that mm-hmm. that can be challenging sometimes well, I think, you know, once it becomes like a natural thing, like once you're doing it enough, it stops being so effortful. I got to tell you, I got to give you an example sure. of a friend of mine. Actually, this is like my best friend right now. Okay. And his name is Joshua. Joshua, if you're listening, what's up? Like, so just check this out, man. Like, you know, like, like actually he's the one who initially brought me on to uh, like the idea of non-monogamy and I fought him on this, you know? but he was like he's like he's not into that right now and he's looking to go forward or whatever anyway this guy he's starting to spin plates you know and like like dude like he met this girl at like a protest like you know very recently man yeah and i don't know if it was the same day or like another date they went to a rooftop they fucked or whatever and like he's got like this other girl that he went over to her house and had crazy sex with and not only that he's got girls that he's denying that he's like that <laughs> waiting outside his door for like you know like like because he fell asleep waiting on his door to like let him in so that uh, so that, that that they can have sex with him and so like the thing is like like My he's man. like effort he's but it's so it's come so easy to him yeah. you know like he he came from a very same similar situation to us you know i don't want to go into his whole story or whatever but he came in a very similar situation to, to guys like us and he's just killing it right now and like, uh, and, and it's not like, it's, 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 it's almost effortless. I saw, I see, I see what he's doing. I see what I see him walk up to girls and start talking to him at the beach and all this kind of stuff. And he recently read the rational mail and he was like, Oh man, it totally changed his life. So like, you know, like, like it's, it's, it's not a lot of work 
mm-hmm. if you don't make it a lot of work, you know? I, yeah, I, I, I kind of agree with that. If it's uh, one, one thing that I learned this year, I'm a big law of attraction guy. I know, like you and I have had some philosophical conversations about this sort of stuff and religion. And, mm-hmm. uh, but just the idea, like any kind of, you know, religious belief system out of the way, just having that abundance mindset Mm-hmm. change it does change every it changed everything for me this year because i was uh i was the guy in the dating circuit going god the dating pool so sh- fucking shallow around here so hard to get <laughs> dates so hard to meet yeah, women yeah. like all the women around here are fat you know uh <laughs> just stuff like that right and um yeah so that's all i would see i would see like very little prospects you know mm-hmm. uh all the way like most of the women were fat and i'm like jesus you know i'm never gonna get a date but then when I started going, no, no, there's plenty of beautiful women around yeah. here. They're, they come out of the mm-hmm. woodworks. They're fucking everywhere. It's just like they started showing up everywhere. Yeah, it's perspective. And it's it really mindset, is. you know, like, like, you know, I mean, like, listen, you know, I know you're very much into, you know, like the law of attraction. And so is this guy, my friend, Josh. I'm not super into it. I kind of understand the certain mechanics of it. But mm-hmm. the thing that I really do like believe about it is that like, it's just the perspective shift. That's the important part. Yeah. When you start saying like, oh, it's like this and your mind sees it like that. You can fucking do things. You can do what you want, you know, and you can make it happen the way that you want kind of thing. Yeah. And because the only thing that like really gets in our way, not the only thing, but the major thing that gets in our way is is ourselves most of the time, you know. It's our traumas. It's our history. It's our like, you know, uh, just, just we get locked into our own, uh, our own. Uh, I, I don't want to use the term bullshit, but it's the first word that comes to mind because I don't, I don't want I, again paradigm paradigm thank you i hate using words like bullshit because i don't want to like downplay anybody's experience or what they've been through life so like our own paradigm like is the thing that blocks us you know and like if we could just change our paradigm have that paradigm shift like like things just change everything starts changing it's like like you know when i first got into Corey wayne you know, I went on some dates with some girls, you know, I spoke to you about this, how I, I, I didn't know how to make it clear, like, you know, how to like that it's a date, you know, and like, uh, and, and so like, I'd like, I would go in for the kiss or whatever. And they're like, Oh, what? Oh, this is a date. Oh, I'm sorry. I just don't like going to the friend zone stuff. But the difference was the paradigm. Now I was just like, Oh, you didn't think this was a date. Okay. Bye-bye. And I just walked away. You know, it's like yeah. it's instead of what I would have done like five, ten years ago where she said that and I would have been crushed and I would have been like like sending texts and calling just like wonder, like trying to explain myself. Instead, I just deleted the number and moved on. Paradigm. Yeah. yeah one thing uh, that I well, I, I learned this before reading these books, but mm-hmm. when I got first got divorced, this was in uh, we were separated in 2014 that first, yeah. that whole year, I hadn't dated in 15 years, 15, 16 years. I didn't know mm-hmm. what the fuck I was doing. I was waiting <laughs> for like written invitations from chicks to like kiss them. <laughs> and yeah, right. Because I was like, mm-hmm. I don't, I don't want to like misread body language because I didn't even know how to read it. And yeah, um, so I, I didn't get laid for almost that entire year. And it wasn't until I met my my long term girlfriend who 
in a nice way to say uh, she was very friendly. She was very forward. I mean, one might say she was a slut. She, um, she was very forward. She like basically threw herself at me on the first date, wanted us to get a hotel room. And I was like, Whoa, slow down lady. And then like, we ended up, you know, having sex on the second date. And then I, I, but I needed that because there's no way I would have ever gotten mm-hmm. laid at that point in my life without yeah, someone yeah. being super forward with me. And mm-hmm, it wasn't until this most recent time on the dating circuit that I, I realized that I have to always go for the kiss. And, yeah. I, and, and that changed a lot for me. And it wasn't until I read Corey's book that I realized that the reason why that works and, mm-hmm, uh, is because what Corey says is uh, if you want to be someone's lover, you have to do what lovers do, you know, which, which, which in lovers kiss each other. So like, you have to Mm -hmm. be bold you have to go in for it. And then, and then you, you don't get put in the friend zone as much. And um, absolutely. But, but yeah, yeah, when I wouldn't go in for the kiss and stuff like that, absolutely. I was getting fucking friend zoned all the time. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and and the friend zone thing used to be like a soul crusher. But now if it happens, first off, it doesn't happen. But like, even if the opportunity of friend zone comes up, it's just like, oh, I'm going to pass and move on. And it's like, there's no heartbreak. It's just like, whatever. Fuck you. Like, I'm I'm, out of here. You know, like you wasted my time. Like, but I found out sooner rather than later. Like, you know. Cause I, I definitely did the friend zone thing in my life. I have to like, say like, like, you know, one of these stories that I had was like, I had this friend and like, he had this sister that I was like really attracted to. And she wasn't really very attractive, but like, I became very obsessive. I hung out with her all the time. I actually had her at my ha- apartment one d- uh, night and I asked her straight up if she wants to fuck. And she was like shocked and she didn't. And, but, but even after that, I just kept pursuing and hanging out with mm-hmm. her and all this kind of stuff. And when, when I flew to another state where like I went to see a concert and she lived there, I went to visit her and, and it was that pathetic. Like, and again, like I say pathetic within like the context of like what I knew at the time, because there's no way I would have done that if I knew what I uh, now, what I knew, uh, like if I knew that then, you know, mm-hmm. and none yeah. of us would. But that's the beauty of this whole thing. Knowledge is that thing that 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 breaks these paradigms. It breaks these patterns and and shifts perspective to where you can go from being like a fucking psycho stalker to a guy who's just like, wait a second, like women should be stalking me, and I don't mean that literally. You know, you I don't know want you that either. They should be chasing <laughs> but like, you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They should be chasing you, me, like you know, chasing you, chasing me. What you kind of think? It's that whole thing of like, like you know, realizing where is the real value here like you know like like it's 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 also a self-esteem issue you know like like not realizing just how much value you hold and not realizing what your assets are and your uh your pluses and and, and minuses the kind of thing you know mm-hmm. being in the dark is a terrible thing yeah yeah i i agree 100 percent. so tell me a little bit more about these other two books from Rollo. Okay. Like what are what are uh, just like uh, Cliff's notes, top down? Yeah, sure. Like yeah. Mm-hmm. the other two. What are, what are they more about? Well, so the second book is uh, called Preventative Medicine. Okay. And what's interesting here is he really goes into all the phases that women go through at different ages in explicit detail. Okay. So, you know, you've heard of, and a lot of us have probably heard of the epiphany phase, you know, 
it's after women are in their like early 20s or whatever and they're just messing around banging every guy in sight or whatever and once their sexual market value starts decreasing and they start hitting 28, 29, 30 to 31, they hit the epiphany phase, okay? That's where they're like, oh, wait, I'm not getting as much attention from guys anymore. And so they think it's a self-realization issue. Like, oh, well, I've found myself. I know what I want now. But the reason that they know what they want now is because their options have declined, okay? Oh, okay. And so, yeah. And so their options have declined. So they're, they're, there's no realization here except that they're fucked and that they're about to hit the wall, which is the next part. And so like, uh, like, like the wall is the worst place for a girl to hit. She gets so women in their 30s to 30 uh, mid 30s, they get into this panic state where they go from being I hate to use the term slut because I don't think that women having sex with a lot of guys is a bad thing. But because modern society dictates that these women are sluts i'm going to go with that term so in their mind they're like oh i i can't be the slut anymore like i i have to lock a guy down now okay and so now they're they get into the, the epiphany phase where they're preparing for not hitting the wall and so they want to prevent hitting the wall by finding a serious guy so they're not as open to having like you know uh three uh uh uh, sex you know yeah. they are with alpha guys which they'll keep on the down low but they're more likely to be looking for a beta guy so for the beta buck side a provider and all this kind of stuff you know sure uh, so that they don't hit the wall but what they don't realize is once they hit that stage guys in their 30s guys in their 40s they could still guys in their 50s can still get guys in uh, or girls in their 20s so yeah. they're panicking and they're realizing that they are being cut out and so then you have the phase of the wall and this is where a woman hits her mid 30s 35 to like 38 40 or whatever she's done for like she doesn't have like she her options are done she's she's dried out like like nobody wants her anymore and so like it's the the second book goes through all these phases where it explains from like teenage uh, woman's teenage years to like her uh like 40s and above once you get above 40s it's irrelevant like you know like she's toast and so then the (laughs) (laughs) then the third book is uh called positive masculinity now this is the book that i relate to the least only because I'm not a parent knowingly. Um, And so like, uh, that's where he talks a lot about like parenting and what is happening in society and in schools with children and how boys are being brainwashed, like, like being pushed into this like feminist idea of like, you know, the feminine frame of, of what masculinity is like, like we don't get to decide what masculinity is anymore. Whenever we like, or they say, Oh, he's not being real he's just acting you know like who gets to decide that you know like like they try to like you know like downplay like masculinity at every chance but they do it when kids are real young and they start going to all this transgender bullshit and like you know gender dysphoria and they start hating themselves you know (laughs) and so like uh, he goes into like what's happening with boys and like you know how they're like like their masculinity is being totally ruined and i think by the way, like, you know, 10, 20 years or whatever, when Corey Wayne has a son, he's going to write a book called How to Be a Point Zero 
2% man because that's going to be how many guys get to know this stuff by that time because it's going to dwindle down like crazy. And yeah. then he goes also into women, what how women are being conditioned and all this kind of stuff. And to me, that is it's super interesting because, again, he's not fighting against against this stuff necessarily it's more like accept the new paradigm and work with what we have right now um and then he in the latter because most of the book is parenting Mm -hmm. the latter part and that's the part that i relate to the least and the latter part of the book like where you know the last few chapters is i I don't want to say a rehash of going over the older stuff but it's just a more expansive viewpoint on like the earlier material. And by the way, he's working on his fourth book, but he's also going back to the first book and re-editing it. Uh, so okay. and the f- fourth book is very interesting because it's about religion and the red pill. And there's also some other topics in there. But yeah, that's a that's a general idea of the, the, the fourth uh, book. And actually, I could look at my audible notes here because there is one particular chapter in here uh, in the uh, preventative medicine, uh, the, the positive masculinity uh, thing that really caught my attention. If I could find this thing. Uh, oh, fuck. I don't want to. All right. Never mind. I don't want to start this. When I play it, it just starts playing like, you know, oh, okay. in, in, while I'm talking. So, you know, can't well, I, I could, we now. couldn't hear it. So that's OK. <laughs> oh, you couldn't hear it. OK. OK. No. But yeah. So. Maybe I will. Uh, that sounds fascinating. Yeah. I need to. I, I think I after talking to you, I think I want to listen to the other two books because uh, yeah, I uh, like right mm-hmm. now I'm I'm um I've decided to so I like I always talk about my holy trinity of books: the Dating Essentials for Men, yes, um, Atomic Attraction, and and Three Percent Man. I stopped listening to uh, Dating Essentials for Men and Atomic Attraction for a little bit. So I could, tr- cause I really wanted to focus on getting to my, my 15, uh, reads of 3% man. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah. So I'm, I'm, I'm reading 3% man that I'll read like some other kind of book, usually something on, uh, you know, law of attraction, religion, or, uh, gaining mm-hmm. wealth, you know, and then I'll come back to 3% man. So once I get to the 15, then I'm going to start listening to other books again to take a break from 3% man. So I might actually like, uh, download those other two books and, and add yeah. those to my rotation. So I want to say, like, when it comes to these other books, I think men are doing themselves a huge disservice by stopping only after the rational male first book. Uh, for me, I really felt like the final piece of the puzzle was put when I finished, like, almost near the end of the third book. But when it comes to the first two books of the rational male, I feel the second book is a direct continuation of the first book. It is like as if he didn't stop writing in the first book and he just went, it was like a next chapter. Mm. It is that like critical to me. Uh, the third book, like I, I can't recommend it as strongly, but I still strongly recommend it. Well, uh, I have kids. The, so that, that, act, mm-hmm. that third book actually appeals to me. You see, that's the thing. If I had kids, I imagine I would be recommending them all three at equal levels, but I don't. So I don't have the ability to relate to that feeling. Uh, but, but I did look at my notes here. 
Okay. And one of the uh, bookmarks that I had here was the whole myth of, of getting in touch, men getting in touch with their feminine side, you know? Mm. And that, that thing, there is no feminine side. Men don't have a feminine side. And this totally goes against the way of superior man. And so, like, I know we can relate on this. We don't have a feminine side. Yeah. And the way that I look at this whole feminine side thing is it's mental illness, you know, like transgenderism and all, I know we're living a super PC age and all this kind of bullshit. There is no feminine side for men. If you are effeminate, you have a mental illness. Get Coach Corey Wayne's book. Get the rational <laughs> male. Get your fuck the cell, Get yourself the fuck out of the uh, feminine side because you don't have one. You're just mentally ill, in my opinion. Yeah, uh, I, it's, it's kind of controversial to say these days. But yeah, uh, no, I agree. I agree hundred percent. I, um, but as, as the I, owner of meanwash.com, I know I could speak this here. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, I try to keep this podcast a little, a little less political than mainwashed.com, but, mm. um, but still like I, I look at, uh, I look at like homosexuality, for instance, like uh, lesbianism, you know, yeah, men being gay. Like I kind of look at that mm. like, okay, maybe you're born that way people are into mm-hmm. what they're into there's there's guys that yeah. have foot fetishes for crying out loud you know? yeah yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> so so okay you're maybe you're a dude maybe you like dick whatever yeah That's, yeah yeah maybe i get i get listen i want to give you an example here right yeah I have a friend, like, I, 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 I just, like, when I lived in Texas, I lived in what I call a half gay house, all right? We had two <laughs> okay. guys who were straight and two guys who were gay, right? And yeah. this gay guy, I'm still super fucking friends with this guy. I talk with him almost mo- on a monthly basis, still 13 years after I moved to Israel, okay? Yeah. This guy is gay, right? Okay. You would never be able to tell when you spoke to him or met him. Why? He's not effeminate. Yeah. He's gay, but he doesn't act like a chick. Right. I don't think I don't have any problem with being gay. I don't think like, you know, like if a guy I, I really think that's biologically wired. Sure. I think it's a biological glitch, but I think it's wired and you cannot like uh, c- come down on a guy for having that like uh, wiring, you know, yeah. like I look but, at kind of like mass- like it's a fet- like a fetish, you know, you're born that way. Yeah, but, yeah, yeah. But, but the transgenderism thing that to me, that's clearly like you're confused. Oh, like, so fucked up. Yeah. yeah. But like the thing is, you can be gay and be masculine and be gay yeah. or you can be gay and you can be effeminate just like guys can be straightened to be can, we can be effeminate or masculine there's no difference right yeah i agree That's, yeah so you Even, know well, I, Corey talks about it in three percent man uh how his book mm-hmm. is written for men that are in their masculinity and women that are yeah feminine uh, yes yes yeah the and, unfortunate thing yeah. is that as you know as as explained in you know rollo's books is that femininity you know like women are rarely in their feminine these days you know and again i think there are women out there it's a it's a that it's a super minority if you can find one like i could totally see why a guy would get into an ltr and 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 also want to hunt for that one but the odds are so stacked against that Mm -hmm. it's 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 really bad these days i think uh well there was a conversation about that on the page recently uh okay i must have missed that i think shaquille on the page uh started Mm. his his thing was about 
women, uh, how women like accuse guys of shit and, you know, they didn't do anything, you know, they'll accuse guys of rape and whatever, and it's bullshit or something. And that sparked a conversation. And he was saying how, you know, we should stay away from liberal women because liberal women are fucking toxic. And, and I, <laughs> I and agree I, with that. I saw and, that. Okay. I commented on that. Yes. And I commented <laughs> saying, I was like, you know, thank, thank God I live in a uh, conservative. I said, thank God I live out in the country because there's, it's almost all conservative women out here and conservative women in the United States are, you know, they, they believe in traditional gender roles. Yeah. For the yeah, most part, yeah. they, they take care of their mm-hmm. men. They want a manly man, you know? Yeah. But yeah, you go to yeah. like, uh, you know, Washington state, like Seattle, and mm. there's just like feminazi bitches, you know, that, that are just, <laughs> yeah. they're, they're just, they hate men that like they're uh, down, down with the patriarchy. And it's like, yeah, 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 yeah. no one, no one wants that, that fucking smoke. No, no one wants yeah, that. Yeah. You know, I think that's <laughs> one of the benefits of living in Israel is that hasn't infected this area so much yet. You know, like, mm-hmm. like I have yet to run into a feminazi. Like I hear about them in the States all the time. I have yet to run out of, like, I hear some weird weird things here and there but it's not the extreme of the kind of stuff that you're talking about you know yeah yeah I maybe won't, 10 uh, years from now <laughs> maybe i like so i typically won't date a chick like that um if oh yeah if, yeah. if, if they're if i see it on their dating profile you'll like this year it was pretty easy to spot them because uh they would say stuff and like i said try not to get political on here but uh they would say like mm-hmm. if you support trump swipe left and i was like <laughs> fucking glad gladly bitch you know because but I, I, it's gonna be i'm gonna be <laughs> going out with you for drinks and listening like it would be like like an hour in hell sitting you know i like gotta that. say i gotta say though for those who are looking at just spinning plates and they're not looking for an ltr do not pass up if they're hot super ultra feminists like fucking leftists or whatever don't pass up on these girls because they have beta boyfriends and they're not satisfied and they're cheating on those beta boyfriends with you so like you know like like don't fucking pass them over if you're not like ltr oriented uh i don't i don't condone uh knowingly cheating you know like 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 i I have Corey yeah. talks about the book like if a chick has a boyfriend like it's just not the right thing to do i'm not down with that mm-hmm. so but yeah but other guys I, are, aren't so uh i yeah i disagree with that because i don't have a, a problem uh you know cheating like having a girl cheat on me with a guy who is a commie or a leftist or like whatever like a feminist dude like fuck that guy he put himself in that position you know like <laughs> I, I don't have any pity on him whatsoever he did this to himself okay all right that's that's a fair <laughs> assessment guy all right. all right well um i think maybe we should wrap it up let me ask you a question i like to ask almost everybody uh but what yeah. what does being a three percent man mean to you guy i mean the literal interpretation of it that like and and believe understand this that the three percent man concept was not Corey wayne's invention and if nope. you Doc read Love. his Doc Love, fuck yeah. You guys should all be listening to Doc Love. Check his podcasts out. That guy is phenomenal. So like uh, 3% man means that 3% of only 3% of men understand women today. That's all it means to me is the literal interpretation of the exact meaning as it was defined as in the beginning. I like it. <laughs> so, <laughs> you're the only guy so far, guy, that uh, 
that has that has said that they're like, oh no, it it, it, mean, it means what Corey describes it as, uh, you know. Only because people, people, when you when you ask people questions, yeah. they don't they don't think of definitions. They look at things through their own paradigms. Sure. I and you could ask my friends about this. Whenever there's a word I'm unsure about, I go to the dictionary immediately. I'm hanging out with a friend. He says a word I'm not sure about. I go to the dictionary. So I live myself. And I said this in the beginning of the podcast. I'm very precise about my vocabulary. You're, that you're, goes uh, through. <laughs> you're, you're, you're a very literal guy. Very literal. Or would you say you're super literal? Or no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, guys, thank you for joining me, man. I really appreciate it. A lot of fun, man. Thanks for having me on. Yeah, absolutely. I'm really glad Guy took the time to join me. He and I have lots of offline conversations about religion, law of attraction, atheism, and obviously dating and relationship books. He's a pretty fascinating man, and I'm sure you'll agree after this episode. Guy, thanks again for coming on. You have an open invitation to come back anytime. All right, gentlemen, we'll catch you next week. Thank you for listening to Come On, Man. If you're new to the podcast, I highly recommend reading How to Be a 3% Man by Corey Wayne at least 10 to 15 times. I recommend you watch his coaching videos on YouTube, and I recommend that you engage with other 3% men in our 3% Man Facebook group. Links to all of these are in the show notes. If you like this episode, please give us a good rating on your podcast platform of choice and share with all of your bros. Now go out and get it.